Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by my dear friend, Lauren Blitz. Lauren Blitz is a Maryland native, new nursing student, and soon-to-be bride. She is currently working at a family-owned private home healthcare agency where she practices the fine art of client satisfaction management. Throughout her life, Lauren has been fascinated and maybe a little obsessed with all things medical and clinical. In her youngest years, playing doctor and nurse was the most frequent pastime. For her 13th birthday, she received a microscope and an anatomy and physiology textbook to which she used to fulfill her curiosities about the human body and life. Despite this passion, Lauren never felt as though she could handle the academic rigor in order to achieve her dream of becoming a clinician until 2020. The pandemic brought newfound motivation and existential crises. What do I want to do with my life? Why would I be doing anything other than what I'm most passionate about? These were some of the hard-hitting questions Lauren began asking herself. With the help of some trusted mentors and the blessing of her family, Lauren took one class at a time in order to qualify to apply for nursing school. One class led to another, and now she's an incoming nursing student in the spring 2022 cohort. By day, she may be hitting the books, but by night, she is still a Broadway show tunes connoisseur who loves to sing and dance around with her friends and family. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Fiona. How, How are, are you? you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so glad to be recording. Um, for context to anyone listening, we are recording on my back patio. Um, this is the Sunday after Christmas. Um, so luckily, I did get to come home despite... Um, the surge we we got a little lucky on this side um so i'm so glad that we get to do this outdoors and it's so it's 55 degrees it's 55 it's degrees it's we got so lucky it's like florida out here i know yeah it's weird it's kind of sad but like i'm enjoying it right now <laughs> I, i'm <laughs> gonna just enjoy it i'm even just though i know it's it. probably not good yeah 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 but exactly. we're, we're enjoying it for now we take what we can, we can get yeah. social distance hangouts outside and you know it's it's a blessing in disguise exactly um on that note if any of you do hear some barking we have decided to let finn join us today for this recording session um our my five-year-old collie so he uh he might he's make a good an appearance so yeah he's being good so far um, well, hi, Lauren. I am so excited to talk to you. I know that you have made such a major transition this year um, and just a leap of faith of sorts. Um, and I want to learn more like, I, I mean, I know you so well. I've known you since we were 10. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to learn more about this decision and and even leading up to college like how you decided to study communications and then Mm. all of that good stuff um so I wanted to start with a question that I don't know that I've ever asked you Mm. but like was there ever a point in time where you considered pursuing theater yes I think I think towards the end of high school when we were all sort of dreaming about college and thinking about you know, what this process would even look like to go into theater. There was a little bit of jealousy, I would say, because it was a passion for so long and I did love it so much. I don't know how I would evaluate my talent level, but it was something that I just, that just filled me up, you know, from head to toe uh, with passion and with fire. And so, you know, I think part of me always knew that it wasn't going to be my path, but 
part of me also always wondered what it would have been like to dabble in even just the process of going in and auditioning and like still to this day um this to this day I feel very comfortable with my decision okay. I think that it's just like a like a innocent curiosity it's an innocent yeah. curiosity it's something that I will share with my future family forever it's something that I force my fiance into every yeah. single day um it's still my comfort zone it's still what I listen to in the shower it's still what I yeah. built in the car but you know I think that I enjoy it from afar and I enjoy consuming it um, at this point in my life just as much as I enjoyed doing it. Um, do I miss being on stage? Yes. There's no feeling like it. Like making that decision. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you didn't. But making that um, decision though, like senior year of high school, um, especially with just like the crew that we had and how many people decided to go for it. Did you, and I don't mean anything by this, mm -hmm. but like, I don't know. Did you, did that like, did you feel pressure? Did you feel lesser than, did you feel like any of those things with that? It's an decision? interesting question. I think it was more just, it, it wasn't a pressure. It wasn't a jealousy that consumed me. It was definitely just a continued curiosity, but I, I knew in my heart that the decision for me to go to James Madison university and pursue something other than theater was the correct decision. Cause I, always knew I wanted a helping job mm. um, where I could be hands-on with people, you know, boots on the ground. Not that theater isn't a helping job. It's helping in so many, you know, so many inspirational ways where you're actually yeah. fueling people's happiness and you're performing. I think I just always knew that there was something else. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. And even though I, I did pursue communication, a part of me always knew there was going to be something else and it's hard because you're 17 years old I when know. you start this process and you know you've got that that child like heart still where you know you could be anything you could be a fairy princess well you also have like a lot of adult like voices in your ear you Exa know well of course the pressure is from parents who say your parents oh, like want you to do something more like oh absolutely there to five ish there was not a lot of I don't want to say not a lot of support, but there wasn't a lot of conversation regarding a career in theater or musical theater. Mm. Um, you know, because I think that they were just trying to look out for the fact that they knew me so well. I want instant gratification. I, I want, you know, to know what I'm yeah. doing at all times. And the one hard thing about the industry is it's up and down all the time. It's so gratifying when you're in it, but then, you know, it's... <laughs> It's so up and you down. were just like, but I mean, you were better at listening to your parents because I, I think they tried yeah. to tell me that too. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a give and a take because yeah. what makes me happier than theater? Not a lot. It's still my comfort zone, but but you had this sense of like you wanted to help. Like I know that you mentioned at your thirteenth birthday, um, getting those textbooks, mm -hmm. which is so funny. so nerdy <laughs> but like when did you first realize just that helping component because I feel like that's like the acorn that can like lead you to that tree but yeah absolutely that? and I think that I think that I used theater and performing to bring me to that point because I always say the reason I feel like I was so successful as a interpersonal communication major which was my first degree is because I took everything that I learned from theater the disappearance of stage fright you know I adapted to being able to be on stage in front of, you know, an infinite amount of people. I can speak in front of people. 
so I never forgot that part of me and I think that led me to the point where okay I'm really good at being in front of people talking to people um I'm not shy and that's thanks to theater as well what should I do oh communication that opens up so many doors I can help people with that I can Mm -hmm. use my words and my actions and my communication to elicit change or you know behavior choices and so Hmm. one thing led to another with that and I firmly believe that that was because of our theater training uh growing up and then you know again that little voice in my head what the biggest helping job I always wanted was something in the clinical field but I always just pushed it away I think that you know that imposter syndrome is real and you can never you know, in your head, unless you grew up with doctors and nurses, I think you can never even see yourself in that role right away because it is so important and it's so scientific and it's it's right. ever-changing. Well, how much did you also, like, understand about that industry? Because I feel like one of the difficult parts about wanting to enter an industry that you don't know anyone in is just the how, like, the, the steps it takes mm-hmm. and, like, that's checking those off <laughs> that's the thing is I I didn't know a lot about it and from what I heard you'll you'll find as you talk to people in the healthcare field especially those who are clinicians so your doctors or your nurses or yeah. uh they love to talk about how hard the schooling is and I I think I started to learn that that's just the culture yeah it's not as impossible as they make it out to seem but I let that scare me in the beginning and I I like what's the beginning? Like high school? I would say like I would say college because I always saw the nursing students specifically walking around JMU and I would always cringe to myself because I'm like I'm so jealous. You know, I'm yeah. like that could be me. I could be in those scrubs, you know, on my way to clinical, but I I developed this defense mechanism where I convinced myself that medical you know, everything medical was just a passion, just a little, you know, Mm. pipe dream for me, something that, you know, again, just like theater, I'll dabble in behind the scenes. It'll just be part of my, my quirky, you know, interests, but it could never be me. But like, maybe that just, you know, is a telltale sign that you just weren't ready at that point. I think that's a really excellent point because looking back, I've been asked at this point, do you regret not just going for it at JMU? And my answer is no. Because you wouldn't want to burn out, you know? Not at all. And I think that I'm at the perfect point in my life. Undergrad is such a roller coaster. Yeah. You get to college. You're moving out for the first time. You're maybe 18 years old at this point. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to live on your own. And not only that, everyone's you're like asking trying to figure you, out how to cook for yourself. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? And yeah. you're like, how could I possibly make that decision? And so you've got social influences, you've got your general education classes, which get in the way for at least two years. So how could I have possibly even sat down and focused on such a large decision of going through schooling to be a clinician? Right. And like, sure, people do it. But Mm -hmm. if you're not like, just mentally ready and like confident in that way that you can get through it and and can come out on top I just feel like it's really tough it's tough it's tough academically it's tough socially the nursing students in a four-year BSN program have a different experience than those who are doing it either after a gap and this is their first degree or a degree change because 
again, they have all of those other influences. They want a social life. So you may go be going yeah. out one night to dinner with your friends, but you still have to wake up at five in the morning. That's yeah, that's tough to go to clinical. So again, I don't regret not doing it earlier. I think that Everything happens for a reason. It's my favorite cliche quote. I was going to ask you if you. I firmly believe that. Looking back, you may not see the dominoes fall right away, but I can see every domino that fell that led me to this point. And Mm -hmm. I'm 25, almost 26. What could be more perfect than getting a two year nursing degree at this point in my life? Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I really am. Um, And I, just to touch on, because you said influences, I know there is one influence from your current job um that I imagine had to play a role in it and I kind of just want you to like tell a little story about her because mm-hmm. I find her fascinating do you know who I'm talking about are you talking about my professor no I'm talking about um that one like colleague I think she's a nurse who's like really spiritual and just like oh yes do my you know coworker Tashi. yes yes what was that oh, story gosh, yes. that you had about her and just like her insight Oh, well, she, well, first of all, to tell you a little bit about my job and about Tashi. Yeah. So I work in home health care. So I'm in the field, but I'm, I'm doing, I guess you would call it administrative work, but I'm around nurses all the time, which is also a huge reason why I decided to take this leap. Um, just seeing, you know, the older nurses who have done this their whole lives and just, you know, seeing what my life could be. Yeah. One in particular, her name is Tashi, and she is a Buddhist. She's extremely spiritual. She has the most incredible life story. And just besides that, you know, now that in her current chapter of life, Mm -hmm. she took her nursing profession to a new step. Yes, she's a nurse. Yes, she has clinical skills. But the way that she interacts with patients, the way that she makes a difference in their lives emotionally and spiritually is that next step that Mm. I aspire to be. And specifically, she was a hospice nurse for 13 years. And hospice, as we all know, is very niche. Hospice is, you know, a sad thing for a lot of people because it means when people hear hospice, they hear, oh, that person's dying. Yeah. And what I've learned is hospice has a lot of levels and facets. Hospice isn't just your 95-year-old woman on her deathbed who right. needs morphine. You can be on hospice for years. And my, my grandma was in hospice, and I'm pretty sure it was, like, for rehab-like mm-hmm. purposes. Yes, but you can be on hospice. You can come off hospice. Yeah. Hospice is not a death sentence. And yeah. I didn't know that until I met Tashi and I started hearing her stories. You can be on hospice at any age. It's it's more than just – yes, it's pallia- palliative care. It's comfort measures physically and clinically but it's also grief training and Mm. counseling for the patient themselves and the family members to learn what this next stage means and you know everyone has different beliefs on what happens after you pass hospice nurses take that and they meet you where you are which is just what's so interesting to me and so Tashi and her stories I personally have such a fear of death funny enough same which you know as a nurse Huge. I'm gonna need to work t- with because I'm I'm gonna see death I'm going to be involved in death I'm yeah. going to be saving people from death it, I'm yeah. gonna see it all the time but the the stories that these hospice nurses and specifically Tashi my coworker, have told me have in a snap almost 
made me fear it less. I, oh, guess, I, need, I need one because I need that. <laughs> okay. Here's a story that she once told me. She once told me that she had a woman who had end stage, I believe it was ovarian cancer. Okay. She was young. She was only in her either late 50s or 60s. Ugh. Very, very sad. Um, the woman, I think, was coming to terms with the fact that this was the end for her. It was terminal. The family, you know, of course, this is hard for them. They they put on a strong face, but yeah. it's difficult. Uh, and you know, Tashi was going in and out of this patient's room, uh, taking care of her, taking care of her clinically, giving her, you know, the medication she needs to stay calm and comfortable and pain free. And she said that one night she was on call and she gets a phone call. Hey, you know, your patient, she wants you. And Tashi said, Oh, okay, I'll I'll go now. And she gets to the room. Um, oh gosh, I should have done the, the backstory. I gotta do it. Okay. So the backstory of this was uh, this patient told Tashi, you know, through this hospice journey before this night, that oh, you know, I don't fear death. And Tashi's like, why? And she's like, because I was very close with my grandmother. And after my grandmother passed, I started seeing monarch butterflies everywhere. Oh. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe that these monarch butterflies are her sending me a sign that she's okay and that she's with me. And so Tashi got that call that night that her patient wanted her. And, mm-hmm. you know, knowing, you know, hospice and through Tashi's experience, I think she knew that this was the time after mm-hmm. getting that call. So she goes into the room and she sits by her patient's bed and she says, what can I do for you? Anything that you want in this moment, what can I do for you? And the patient looks at her and she smiles and she goes, it's time. And Tashi goes, okay, that's, that's perfectly fine. And how do you know? And she looks out the window and she goes, would you look at that? And Tashi looks out the window to where she's looking and there sits a monarch butterfly on the sill. And the patient goes, that's my grandmother and she's here to bring me home. And I know I have goosebumps as I'm telling it. Every time I retell this story for her, I, I get goosebumps. And then Tashi said within 15 to 20 minutes, the patient peacefully passed away. Really? So those stories to me are such a comfort because how can you deny that I know you know I would say I'm the butterfly in thing I feel like is such a universal it's one so too. universal and I, I, I did just hear too that like uh, I mean there was like a climate crisis especially with monarchs but they they are coming back excellent they're and making a comeback I believe that if you think there's a sign it is and we should all open ourselves up to that I wouldn't call myself a religious person but I think spiritually I've sort of come into the idea that there's got to be something more I, I was feel gonna like say I do need, you believe in an afterlife I need to hold on to something yeah because it it freaks me out too much to think well I think especially if you've had people that pass in your life like it's really difficult to to not to not hold on to something yeah like I don't know I mean I'm also partial um to I believe in spirits. I believe in ghosts. Sure. Gramier has done so many things. Hey. <laughs> Where I'm like. The things that right. keep appearing in your basement. I know. She's not here. We know she's not mm-hmm. in the house. But she keeps doing things. Mm-hmm. Just sending signs. There was this one crazy sign that she sent last year. Um, I kind of want to pull up this quote because it was just wild to me. Oh, God. I might just try to remember it by, by heart. And then 
yeah. post it later. But my mom had cleaned out her room. Mm. Um, she passed away in 2016. So this is, you know, long after the fact. Mm. Um, but my mom had cleaned out her room. This was probably like fall of 2020. Um, and the next day, it, well, you know, obviously things were really difficult and scary and stressful. And the next day, um, there was just this piece of paper sitting on her dresser, had never been folded in her handwriting. And it was a quote, um, and I wish I could attribute it, but I cannot remember who it's by, which is so bad because it's hanging in my room right now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it said something along the lines of, um, even in the worst of times, it would be a crime against any generation uh, to forget those things for which we were assigned um the opportunity to find love to do good work to hit a ball and to bounce a baby Mm. something like that that's not the exact quote but it's close enough um and it was just we were speechless it was like where where did this come from like it's just on the room was clean and this paper had never been folded what else could it weird crazy in her handwriting consciousness is too complex and also specific to just fade away i don't know i need to i need to I hold on to something yeah in order to not only be comfortable with the idea of passing on but to help other families yeah you know, well i think I, I mean at least for me i would hope for a nurse like that you know that Absolutely. has of course like the science and all of that good medicine and that stuff, but just like the the hope and like yes. the heart for the something great, yeah, the it's empathy, empathy for something more. Um, well, that's amazing, and I'm so glad that you've like had the opportunity to work with her and to learn yes. from her because yes. what what an incredible influence. All of the nurses I work with, they all come from different backgrounds. They all chose different specialties, and I think that's what intrigued me the most about nursing and sort of helped me finally jump off the diving board was I can do so much with this one degree. And I think yeah. that was finally to me the aha moment of this is it. Okay. So uh, you brought up a question in your bio of um, why would I be doing anything other than what I'm most passionate about? And I know you answered it a little bit. You said, um, Actually, I'm going to read what you shared, if you don't mind. Sure. I, I always ask my guests, um, I tell them what I would like to talk about, but I also ask them to tell me what they would like to talk about, um, if you don't mind me reading yes, what you wrote. please. Lauren said, I think it would be fun to talk through conquering the initial fear of taking on a risky choice that you know, if it works out, could produce amazing results. I held back from giving nursing a shot due to the financial and time-wasting fear for the possibility that I would fail. I got to a point where I was comfortable enough, even uh, with even if I did fail, failure first and foremost is not definite, and no matter what, the journey is what's most important. It's where you grow and learn, which I thought was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so you kind of answered it a little bit. Why would I be doing anything other than what I'm most passionate about? And there's a little bit of just financial fear mm-hmm. and failure fear. Do you want to touch on those? Yes, absolutely. So the question, the reason I asked myself that question first and foremost, funny enough, comes from 
that story that Tashi told me and starting to be comfortable with being so close to death if I were to be a clinician and even just, you know, getting older. Yeah. I feel like 25 is a quintessential age where you start to realize, oh my God, life is going quick. Uh, we're not that close, We're Lauren. not that close, but, you know, life goes quick. Yeah, And does. so I think, you know, I, I asked myself that question because life is so short and, you know, things happen around us all the time. Why would I not live every single moment doing what I love? And I think I asked myself that question for a long time, but what did hold me back were the financial and, Mm -hmm. you know, what I call the time wasting fears. Um, because you always want to be doing something that, you know, is towards a good goal, but you don't want to waste too much time either. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a fear, but you know, financially specifically with that, in order to even qualify to apply to a program such as a nursing program, you have to complete prerequisite classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that costs money, literally. Is that like similar to a post-bac? It, it, I guess, can be looked at similarly. It's basically the easiest route is if you already have a degree. Uh So since I already had a four-year degree, I got all of those general education prerequisites out of the way, English, math, psychology the only ones I had left were specifically geared towards this science program which were my anatomy and physiology Mm -hmm. biology chemistry um I did not take those in my first degree some people get lucky and if they you know move on after their first degree they have some of those classes it just depends okay so I had no science classes so if I was going to do this I first had to spend a ton of money first passing classes that would then only maybe get me into the program that's really it really sucks that it's like that because it does make it so inaccessible for people to come into those jobs that like have the knowledge and the passion but just not the the means exactly and to even you know again the biggest problem for me was I could spend all this money all this time on taking these classes and I still might not get in because you know, grades are a big factor, but they also, you know, they have an admission process. How many schools did you end up applying to? I only applied to one. Really? I put all my eggs in one basket. Wow. I did because I did not want to move away. I did not. There are two options with nursing. You can do an accelerated bachelor's of science in nursing, okay. or you can do an associate degree in nursing, oh. which then you can sort of bridge over to get your bachelor's after you pass your boards. I didn't even know what an associate's degree was, which sounds so ridiculous. Um, but just another example of like how little I feel like high school (laughs) teaches you Mm -hmm. about your options, you know? Honestly, I feel like it was a purposeful secret that Montgomery County schools specifically kept from us because there was such a push towards you gotta go to a university my mom she taught as you know high school english for 36 years they weren't allowed to tell people about trade school that's unbelievable isn't that crazy what's gonna happen if nobody goes to trade school anymore (laughs) i mean good luck with your house seriously (laughs) though and not only that it's you know the way that our county growing up looked at trade schools or if you did go to a community college and start with an associate's degree yeah. it was like oh it was frowned upon poor you yeah you know what 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 happened to you what's wrong with you right and that's so ridiculous because you know money isn't everything but these these uh professions make perfectly fine money well also 
you're getting a fine education. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with the education either. And everyone, again, their journey starts at different points. Yeah. So why would you push somebody into something that's probably going to waste their time and money anyway because they're going to realize, sort of like I did, they want to do something else anyway. Dude, I kind of joke that 2020 was like my gap year. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it sort of was it was that's like how I felt about it I had to like just okay what's the next what's next what's my next move you have so much time on your hands with this pandemic yeah. especially when it was bad I was working from home and that comes with new routines yes I was doing my job but I had so much time to think right. uh, and so you know that's where it led me and I do agree that it's so unfair that with these programs they make you pay for these classes and take these classes and pass these classes before you even have a chance of getting in rather than taking you adding another year but you're in the program you're a Mm shoo-in there's no way you wouldn't get in as long as you're taking these classes and passing them with whatever their requirements are so now you've made that leap Mm -hmm. and you're a little bit in the um financial stress Mm -hmm. is it what you thought it would be like it's interesting I knew Again, I knew I was taking a risk yeah. uh, with paying for these classes, you know, just the ones to get me into the program in general. That was a big, I guess I'll call it a financial burden. Um, it didn't become a burden, full, burdensome decision in the end because, again, I don't regret it. But it is, again, it's a give and a take because it hurts the bank account. But yeah. you know that it's for a good cause. You're so I try to in yourself. exactly. Yeah. I I try to focus on that aspect that I'm doing something that is going to pay me back tenfold, both financially and just emotionally, doing something that I love to do. Yeah. So you know it. It's an interesting journey because I'm giving up a I was really stable say, job. I feel like it's kind of more difficult. You know, at this point, my next thing whatever it might be um it's gonna be better like financially than right you know like I'm going backwards yeah exactly (laughs) so I feel like that must be challenging in its own way of just it's challenging living with less than you're accustomed to yes in more ways than I thought because not only just you know personally knowing that the next two years I'm not going to be making money like I am now but the thing I didn't expect the most are the people who tried to convince me out of it really even just people because in my of the finance job, stuff yes whether it was you know they put a mask of the financial reason on or it was a personal reason mm-hmm. I think that you know my job sort of you know while they're proud of me I think for them for the older folks in my job they can't understand why you know, a 25-year-old who's making a pretty comfortable salary would ever want to give that up. Yeah. Um, and it's been a strength test for mm-hmm. me. And I think that right now, sitting here thinking about it, I'm so happy that they actually put me through that because I needed that test yeah. for myself. Because if I cracked under that pressure, then maybe this nursing decision wasn't the correct one. But I stayed so strong even right. through all you know the people who tried to tell me otherwise and I that's how I know that I'm making the I right mean you decision. could have asked yourself those questions anyway mm-hmm. but I feel like it's when it's coming from other people it's tough yeah well and the thing I always go back to and the thing that I like to say started this all was in 2019 I was meeting with my therapist and <laughs> the pan the pandemic hadn't happened yet 
Um, but it was almost like weird enough we like felt something coming you know spiritually I I was starting to really struggle with my who am I what am I I was walking around New York crying because I was just like there's something you know it's and I had never experienced those mental health issues before and that's why I started therapy and I was having a particularly difficult session where I just I couldn't even get my words out I was just upset with life and myself even though on the surface everything was seemingly perfect I had a Mm -hmm. wonderful boyfriend who's now my fiance I'm living in an apartment I've got a great family I've got a stable job what could possibly be wrong Mm -hmm. and him being the incredible therapist he was he's like close your eyes if you could snap your fingers right now money is not an object time is not an object you could just literally fall into the shoes right now of the person you want to be what would you be? What would you do for a living? You know, he, I could answer with a job. I could answer with, you know, a personality. It didn't matter. And I said, I'd want to be a nurse. Mm. And he had never heard that from me before. And so, you know. You weren't living in your truth. I wasn't. And so my eyes popped open and his eyes were wide. And he's like, let's talk about that. I've never heard you say that. Why can't you do it? And I literally said to him, we're not going to talk about this because it's never going to happen. So wow. let's not waste the time. And he was like, no, no, no. Why? Tell me why you say that. Why do you say it can't ever happen? And again, I said, it's just not possible. There's too much time. There's too much money. It's just a pipe dream for me. And then that was my new phrase for the next year. It's just pipe a pipe dream. dream. Yeah. And Jeez. I've always gone back to that moment. And I even texted my therapist who had retired by that point. I only got to see him for a year. I texted him when I got in and he said it brought him to tears. Stop. So that so that sweet. was the defining moment to me was nothing else if nothing else matters, if nothing could break you, who would you be today? That is a tough question though because even when you're saying it, I'm trying to think and like there's like one that comes instinctually, but then you know the older I've gotten and the more I've known about certain lifestyles somewhere I'm like well is that even true or like do I care more about like the day-to-day life that I'm sure. leading over this particular like profession sure. I don't it's, it's complex it's complex it's hard. especially because everyone's different some people are okay with being defined by their jobs they want their jobs yeah. to be majority they crave that organization and that structure um some other people you know, I think especially those who love the arts, we we need more. We need to make an influence on the world. Yeah. And I think, again, that's where my theater background has never gone away because I need to see that tangible change in people when I get mm-hmm. involved. And theater is no different than that. You're performing or you're even behind the scenes making a show run smoothly. You're seeing that you're making an impact. Without you, right. this would not be running smoothly. No, totally. But it's still like you know snap my fingers do I want to be on stage Mm -hmm. sure but also do I want to be in a bus for 12 hours a day do I want to like be working at night eight times a week like I don't Mm -hmm. eight times a week you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) um like do I want to be auditioning every month Mm -hmm. like I don't know I don't know if I do um and that's where it gets a little bit more nitty gritty because you have to say yes to those as well. If you're saying yes to the bigger picture, you got to know what else you're signing on to. Absolutely. And I think that comes back to the point of we all 
start this journey in different places at different points because for me it was more of a binary decision do I do it or do I not yeah my life would look like this if I did my life would look like this if I didn't I had one decision and it was yes or no right for you you got to taste every you know possibility first and then you can make your decision and that's that's fine that's more exciting and that you know I even wrote in my bio or in that question um learning to enjoy the journey as much as the product right uh that will teach you more than just what you want to do. Right. It will teach you. Well, the you... more information you have. Exactly. Like, you can change your mind. And you come across other human beings who mm. have other ideas. And you yeah, may learn who... about something that you never knew existed. Oh, my God. That I think that's been the biggest thing because there's just so many professions that I didn't know about, you exactly. know? And then I'm like, you can do that. You can do that for a job, you can for a living. You can make up anything <laughs> you want. Yeah. That's the other thing is everything that exists now didn't exist at a point. Yeah. You can make up anything you want. You can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Right. I never thought I could pass science classes. I, well, okay. That's the other thing is like t- what you've told yourself, like your younger self. Like I told myself that I didn't like math or that I didn't like science and I'm like why would I do that to myself you know why why did I count myself out of those things yes so early well and this is a great thing to bring up because I listened to another podcast shout out straight a nursing podcast where uh nurse Mo who hosts it she has an episode on eliminating negative self-talk and This was so influential for me during this journey, and it goes exactly with what you just said. You have to start to adjust the way you think about yourself. So for me, I was exactly that. I've never been a good test taker. I've never been good at math. I've never been good at science. So how could I expect to ever make it into a nursing program? Mm -hmm. And what I've learned and what Nurse Mo says literally is that instead of saying I'm bad at this you switch it into another statement that's truthful Mm -hmm. so you can't say I'm bad at math and then turn around and say I'm the best math person in the world that's not a true statement but what you can do is say I was bad at math in the past however I am now open to learning new strategies I am open to working hard to become better Mm. and I am open to the possibility that I am different now than I was. And so that's what I started to practice was, you know, I I got bogged down and I was like, oh, well, I've never been a good test taker. I've never been able to, you know, find a good study strategy. How could I handle the rigor of this program? And I started to turn it around and, you know, my friends and my family would remind me, you are not who you used to be what right. if it's different now which is so true what if it is different now and it ended up being different I study differently my motivation is different wow. my time is different especially now that it's my money because you're ready and my time yeah. there was no question of whether or not I would have to work hard right. um and you just you find new motivations and you eliminate that negative self-talk and a little science tidbit in here Please. a little science fact yeah. Your brain is like a child. Whatever you tell your brain, it's going to believe. Think of your brain separately from your consciousness. So your brain is going to believe whatever you tell it to believe. So if you're telling your brain, I'm not good at this particular thing, it's going to believe you, whether you know it or not. 
So when you start to eliminate the self-talk, you actually create new neural networks in your brain where your brain starts to believe what you're telling it. So if you huh. tell your brain, I'm going to get better at this or I'm going to work hard at this. And then as you start to see yourself progress and actually get better. Like, you, like not lying to your brain. You're not lying to your brain. Because yeah. again, you can't turn you can't that like negative self-talk it. into a false statement. You can't say I'm bad at math and then turn around and right. say I'm the best at math. Yeah. It's not true. Your brain's going to be like, sister. <laughs> no, exactly. But if you... Again, just the example of I'm opening myself up to learning yeah. this new thing or getting better at this new thing. Um, or even, you know, think of it in friendships as well. I'm, you know, not a very good listener. Maybe that's something somebody would say. Or I don't know how to be empathetic when somebody needs me. You can instead say, I'm going to start to focus more on people's words and start to learn how to both listen and digest at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read more books to understand where other people are coming from so mm-hmm. that I can then sit with my friends and help them through it's what they're choice. going through. Your brain will start to create those new pathways and learn for you. And wow. you're going to get better at it no matter what. And so that's a cool little science tidbit. I know. Is... I want more science tidbits before we wrap this up. But yeah. in terms of the academic rigor, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like, especially right before the pandemic, I really was interested in like copywriting, editing mm-hmm. that world, which is what led me to publishing. But um, I hadn't been in a classroom in a minute and I like hadn't had a job like that. And I don't know, I kind of like had a lot of self doubt about just my intelligence like I know that I'm intelligent and I know that I'm capable, but just, um, you know, believing that I'm smart enough to make this happen and to do it well, like this whole imposter syndrome that we what, that we touched on, yep. just like the academic portion of it is really intimidating. It absolutely is, and I haven't been in a physical classroom since 2018 because through the pandemic, all my classes were virtual. But I will be in January. Yeah. I think I experienced that as well. And for me, I'm not sure if it's the same as for you, but it was less a fear about myself, more a fear of who's going to be next to me. Is everyone smarter than I am? Am I going to get swallowed? When I got to Columbia and I read all of my peers' bios, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> exactly. You and know? so you're you're afraid. And that's another reason why it took me so long to get to this point to decide to execute this was I was afraid that everyone in my program if I happened to start a program Mm -hmm. would be so much smarter than me and I would realize that I couldn't handle it the way they could because oh people who go into these things are you know they're so motivated they're so you know they're so well read they're you know whatever you want to say about them but the truth is and what I learned is everyone starts where you do yeah and you know yes some people may be more well versed in whatever the subject is but they haven't taken this class and neither have you. So why would they be any better than you? Definitely. And it's, you know, good people attract good people too. So right. if anybody is bringing that negative energy where you feel like, you know, they've got their nose up and they're not interested in making friends or sharing their wisdom, that sucks for them. Well, exactly. Because we're not 17. You exactly. Know? Like, I'm so not really you <laughs> impressed would nor bothered by that. It's like... Exactly. Doing this at this age, I think, makes it easier because of that. 
you know, you're more confident in who you are and your skills and what you want. And it's like, exactly. And we respect, you know, who you want to be around. We respect that we all, again, come from all different walks of life. And why would you not want to enjoy the journey of making friends and, you know, experiencing whatever you're experiencing with another open-minded person? And so I've already started to do that trying to pick out people in my cohort I am making friends people who are like-minded who just want to see everyone else thrive because for me you know it's also the macro view of this nursing journey of oh my gosh this cohort of mine they are the future of nurses why would I not want to lift every single person in my cohort up because of course one of these women or men in my cohort could be taking care of my mother one day yeah you're you're yeah absolutely you're like an a next generation absolutely and on a micro level we all make that tiny impact everywhere we go so we may be in a program where we're learning how to do a new skill or do something new but going back to enjoying the journey we're making little impacts every single step that we take and so being kind to another person and not turning their, your nose up uh or you know having an overabundance of confidence to the point where yeah. you're standoffish right you know, doing the opposite of that is going to make an impact on somebody else and instill confidence in them. And then you're just going to have this massive ripple effect. Imagine, you know, you're one person, but imagine if 300 million other people, you know, do the same thing. The impact that that could have, we could all just be thriving because of these little footprint impacts that we have on each other. And so that's what I love the most is just people and Again, seeing that that little change in someone mm-hmm. just for being involved in their life and, you know, seeking interest in what they do, that that is the coolest part to me. And then you can take that and do whatever you want with it. You can change the world. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. This is a very, like, bright-eyed perspective that I think we all need. That's what I try. <laughs> and I mean... I would be lying if I said I did not have my very low and dark moments during this pandemic, of course, you know, self-doubt. I still struggle with it. Imposter syndrome, I don't think will ever go away until I'm holding that diploma. (laughs) And then, you know, getting into the profession is another story in itself. But I just think we have to think like that. Otherwise, how are we supposed to survive through these trials and tribulations? Well, you could survive, but it wouldn't be very fun it would not be very fun and it would it would absorb you eventually yeah it would um so you're virtual right now but you might be so it's as of right this moment it is fully in person i start january 24th all of my prerequisites you're not balancing your job with this anymore are you i'm working 16 hours a week (laughs) so it's it's a big chunk off but my job lauren you're working (laughs) going to school and planning a wedding Yes. Yes. Lauren. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm and just kidding. I know you can do it. And I know that you have help. But. I've always loved being busy. It's I've never I've never liked complacency. Uh but yeah, I mean my job has been so flexible with me. I feel like a lot of other jobs would have been like, Oh, you're going back to school, peace. Right. Uh my job is so kind, especially since they're in the industry, they understand, you know, what a nursing degree means. Yeah. And so they said we want to keep you, you give us your schedule. So I'm really thankful for that because my biggest financial goal in all of this was not to uproot 
my fiance and my life. Right. Uh, I did not want us to move back home. I did not want to, you know, have to downgrade where we live. I wanted him to feel like nothing's changed, even though I'm going to be making less money and being way more busy. Um, and I think that I've succeeded in that goal. And I'm so lucky that he's so kind and open-minded too, that you know, there's going to be bumps in the road, yeah. but I think we're such a good you guys have gone through so much. I mean, mm-hmm. for context, Lauren and Bryce have been together for eight years. Eight, eight years. years. Long distance, all through college. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you guys have... This should be an easy journey compared to some of the other ones that we've been through. <laughs> yep. We made it at this point. Yeah. No. I mean, even if it's, even if it's challenging, which I'm sure it will be at times it will probably be easier considering that you're together like under the same roof I feel like that has to make a difference definitely and I owe him the world because he's just been so supportive and at the same time too it's only two years so okay okay it's gonna be bumpy I mean I can't believe it's already gonna be 2022 I cannot believe it by the time my wedding rolls around in October, I know it's going to come in the blink of an eye. And at that point, I'll have been almost done with my first year of nursing school out of two. Wow. And then it's over. And then I have so many years left to actually practice as a nurse. So that's why ultimately I'm like, I just got to do this because it's going to be the time is now three years total of grinding. And yeah, I got to pay a little money for it. But gosh, the the payback and the return on investment is I'm going to think myself and I always I'm always trying to live without regret we all you know encounter things we don't know what's going to happen we all have regrets but if I can control one of those you know possible regrets I'm going to do it and I, I mean feel you're like- following like you're following something that has been a like in your gut like a passion since project. you were a child like this is yeah this is in like so many ways just like you seeking out that thing that your inner child was like looking for and it never went away oh you've seen this picture I have a picture of myself I think it's 2000 I forget what it says on the photo I'm I think I'm seven or eight years old where I'm holding that paper that says nurse Lauren and I made a nurse's hat out of construction paper black and white construction paper and I had no idea it existed until my mom sent it to me after I got into the program. Um, and so oh, you didn't know. I didn't know it existed. Oh my and so you sort of realize, oh, my God, this has been in me longer than I thought. I thought this was just, you know, maybe the last five to seven yeah. years. But no, I've been thinking about this since I was seven. Yeah. So and you're going to see where it leads. It's going to be amazing. That's so cool. Thank you. Give us more science tidbits before I let you go. Ooh, science tidbits. Yeah. What do you love about? is it neurology <laughs> oh yeah I guess it's I feel like I mean, you the love brain. neurology right so am I making that up no I do I don't what's your favorite part of the body I would say the body system I loved learning about the most was the heart oh to really be completely honest the cardiac system okay cardiovascular system I think because it blows my mind that this compared to the rest of your body I'm gonna call it a little muscle this little muscle is what keeps you alive. I scare my fiance when I talk about this because he doesn't like to think about that this is the one thing keeping you alive, but it's incredible. And the reason the heart fascinates me so much is because, science tidbit, every cell in the heart beats without um, nervous system activation, basically. So if you were to take a heart out, 
the cells would still be beating even though it's not connected to the rest of your body so they beat together and huh. they're all working hard for you and the the heart you know it pumps blood to your lungs to get oxygenated then it pumps blood head to toe to then deliver oxygen to the rest of your tissues and then it comes back and it does it again and it does that all every single second the way i cannot even begin to understand it's how so (laughs) incredible and i think what's most incredible to me is if you have a heart defect or you're born with a congenital heart um issue whatever it is we can disconnect and reconnect the heart we can send the blood to other places we can we can fix people surgeons can the the things that they can do and then the the ways that the human body can adapt to Mm. new connections it's almost symbolic you know if my heart can adapt to a new connection if I need to connect it to a different pipe than it's you know connected to right now why can't I adapt you know yeah why can't you know where is the separation between what's in me and then my consciousness you know we're all one big unit and I think that's what I enjoy the most is the connection between consciousness and also just the scientific part of the body. And it's just all one big, amazing working system. And I'm nerding out. I'm just excited to be in the room, hopefully with other people who are (laughs) just as nerdy as I am, who can go on tangents like this about the body. And then I just can't wait to, I call it have street cred. I can't wait to have the credibility to get this degree and then to be able to teach other people I mean, I think that's incredibly important. Like, I wish I understood more about my body. Um, that would alleviate so many things. Yeah, it alleviates anxiety. I mean, it can make you more of a hypochondriac. It yeah. depends on how you look at it. But I just, I'm excited to learn everything just to fill my head with knowledge and then be able to make a difference in the people that I work with and just do so many things with this degree. I can, I can move from head to toe, you know, until I'm Literally. 70 if I want to. That's so cool. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And I'm very excited for your wedding too. Oh, the wedding's (laughs) going to be fun. Um, Okay, well, before I let you go, if there's anything else you wanted to share or um, just where people can find you or they can support you, give a little shout out. Yeah, so... I I guess I would I have a moderate social media presence. I mean, you're gonna see plenty of engagement and wedding pictures on my Instagram, which is Lauren underscore Blitz. Um, I'm active on Facebook. Oh my God, your last name is gonna be different. It's gonna be different, and I'm I get so many compliments on my last name. Even Bryce's parents say that he should take my last name Blitz. So we're working on Bryce it. Blitz. Bryce Blitz. Don't get on a business. It yeah. sounds great. Yep. So. <laughs> So yes, I guess that might change in less than a year. But but hey, friend me. I love yeah. talking to anyone and everyone. Any Strike up questions. a conversation. Let's be friends. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. For, thank you, Fiona. Um, and thank you all for listening. This has been Thoughtful Intentions with Fiona Winch and Lauren Blitz.